Hello and welcome to Nerds of the Old Republic, the podcast where we drink and discuss nerdy things and where I sometimes make sex jokes so often that I kind of wonder what's up with me. <laughs> I'm Adam. <laughs> I'm choking on a combo. <laughs> Sean. And I'm Mike. All right. And tonight we have the second or third half of our uh, 90s nerdgasm, parentheses, mom, shut the door. <laughs> Trademark. Yep, that's right. We are talking about three shows we have each randomly picked from the golden age of sci-fi known as the 90s. And we're just going to talk about our 90s rewatches, our personal histories, um, and growing up in the 90s and being a nerd. And that's where we're at. We are enjoying some fantastic fucking combos a la Mike and some cheese puffs a la Mike in the original 1990s Planters cheese Cup. Cheese balls. Cheese yeah, balls. Planters cheese balls. Oh. Man, balls, gasms, damn guys. <laughs> and uh, before we get to Sean's drink, which I know he's dying to share with us, I just wanted to say, hey, thanks for being here. And if you want to be Aww. with us more, yeah, yeah. Well, I always like to cuddle before I finish. That. <laughs> uh, if you want to hear more, I'm sorry, I'm gonna stop because that's we're gonna turn no. off every listener, every single listener is that's gonna be like, I hear Adam's voice in my head now, and I can't. Oh, can't Adam, finish. you know there are Adam stands out there who now so. they can't finish without your voice. Well, well just, please, I'm sorry, I am button. going to stop. Is something Adam says. <laughs> <laughs> it's more like I have to stop. Uh, in any case, where I was going with this is, if you want to help us out a little bit, tell a friend, tell two friends. I don't know. Are you in a couple? Tell all three of your couples besides yourself because you'd be the fourth. And uh, follow us on YouTube. We're trying something different on the social media, so we're gonna work on putting some shorts out. We already have two, and uh, every episode is also simul broadcast on YouTube. So mm. you can check that out the same day this episode hits your podcatcher. Sean, what do you have for us for beer today? I well, as I was browsing through our local brewery, <laughs> I was looking for something that would fit that sci-fi edge we're going with, and you know, the, with the last cast was Star Trek, and uh, my my go-to's were going to be like some kind of bold, whatever. If you know, because you boldly go. I was gonna say it. Oh, nice. But uh, I was lucky to find something that actually I thought was probably pretty good with just this general idea, and it's uh, it's called finite probability. Whoa, oh, man! Yep, Had and it's name. it's a creamsicle goes goes. You're the beer guy, Adam. Goza. Goza. Yeah, like yeah. Gozer. Goza. Like the Gozerian. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Oh, it is from 42 North. I love you. Nice. <laughs> I love you, too. The brewery. Oh, okay. Sorry, the brewery. <laughs> uh, that was awkward. All right. Man makes three sex jokes. So <laughs> this is, uh, yeah, it's called uh, Finite Probability, which just had a real sci-fi kind of feeling to it. It is a Caracara Orange, Tangerine, Pineapple, and Vanilla beer, 6% ABV, uh, 16 fluid ounces, contains lactose. It's going to be nice and, like, mouthfeel silky. Mm. Please enjoy our answer to life, the universe, and everything. Oh, so that's a uh, reference to um, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. There yep. you go. The, uh, which the the real answer to life, the universe, and everything is 42. 42 right. For those of us who have read 42 the North is an yep. East Aurora brewery. 42 North. Yeah, so, my uh, And it uh, goes, uh, goes a or goes is... Um, 
sour at you yeah. actually so I, I found that out the hard way a few years ago i was expecting a very different experience <laughs> in that first oh no i've course. never had one so no but if it's got lactose and it's orange and vanilla it's going to be like a creamsicle actually yeah. which is okay. the new that's kind of the new trend in brewing i saw a lot of those there yeah so right, there's well, a lot of really good ones cheers oh wow it really really blows out of there quickly hmm <laughs> That is the least tart ghost yeah. that I've ever had. That's that's actually quite nice. Infinitely drinkable. <laughs> Sean's face is indicating He's otherwise. <laughs> it's like, uh, it, I don't know. It's like one of those weird breakfast juices you get in a foreign country. You're not sure what it is, but you drink it because it's impolite not to. It's orangina in the beer world. <laughs> yeah, it's something. <laughs> you drink it because it's impolite not to. It might be a hard pour kind of beer where you have to like pour it into a glass um, I just had one from, where was it from? Uh, damn, there's a brewery in Avon that made one that literally tasted exactly like a creamsicle. Only if you poured it because like the sediment and the orange in the bottom sat. So Mike is pouring his now. I am Tell me if it makes it better. I, well, I mean, uh, I already thought it was pretty good. So <laughs> yeah, I think we just have different tastes in beer. That's kind of it. All right. You know what? Yeah, see that last that last Pick it at for there. the socials. That's a nice looking color. Right it there. looks like yep. a mimosa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Better out of the glass. Yeah. yeah. Where did I put my glass? <laughs> get your glass, man. get you man. a new one if you need it. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, because a lot of the lactose will sit at the bottom as well as, you know, if they puree anything and pour it on that. You said hard pour, so I should mm-hmm. just slam this shit in here? It just, it's a little, it, it hits the, the palate a little more smoothly out of the glass, and you don't get that, like, glug, glug, glug thing coming out of the can, which oh, I, I can think see is like, good for a beer like this. It's, it's like a some kind of freshly squeezed juice yep. sitting on top. And it might have been bottle conditioned, because that might be some yeast, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sean is Same underwhelmed. Result. I'm yeah. impressed. I, I, uh, I'm enjoying okay. this. 42 North in general, uh, yeah, like you, you and I'm a bit... <laughs> I mean, I don't know how hard we're gonna fight. Yeah, we'll just we'll just like maybe bitch slap each other a few times. And... Russian slap fight. <laughs> yeah, we'll yeah. love a good taking this cast to new places. Guys. This is the second time I've referenced this, but what are the five fingers say to the face? Slap. <laughs> That's right. Ah, more combos. Yes, I I do love some combos. So, uh, Mike had pulled up a '90s TV sci-fi fa- um, and fantasy shows. From IMDb. Yeah, and Sean actually pulled that one. Oh, up. I'm yeah. sorry, it was Sean. The, the nerdgasm, sorry, okay. the nerd, the nerdgasm has been Sean's baby, I think, right from the beginning. <laughs> and it has been a fantastic. It's felt really it's, good. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> <laughs> if it's felt, I felt it feels fully like released here. Yeah, and uh, so I picked some from there, but I really had a nice nostalgic trip going back through these shows, like. Oh crap! I remember that show. Like, oh, I watched like three episodes. It was total shit. Mm. I can't believe that. Like, this was a premise and got paid to be put on TV. Yeah, and when we like, I guess we talk on the cast all the time, but we talk so much outside the cast about mm-hmm. the same shit because we're nerds. Mm-hmm. We keep talking about how the '90s was such a formative time for a lot of our science fiction and like you know genre style stuff appreciation. And it's just you think about it, it really was a halcyon era of television uh fantasy science fiction like that sort of i think it was that list had about 90 
plus episodes yeah. on it. And like, that's pretty incredible to have mm-hmm. 90 for 90, 90s, you know? Like, that's that's a lot of television that was mm-hmm. thrown out there just for nerds. Yeah. I think Not great. all of it was quality. Oh, God, no. But a lot of it was primetime, mm-hmm. surprisingly. And yeah. if it wasn't originally primetime, I got shifted to primetime in seasons two, three, or four. Thank God for UPN. <laughs> oh, man, UPN. That's right. Local Channel 13. <laughs> yep, I remember that. On Adelphia Cable. Oh, Adelphia. Oh, man. Right before they that did that whole well. Ponzi scheme shit, <laughs> it screwed the bed. I used to work at Sears in the late 90s selling uh, televisions and stuff. We had an Adelphia Cable internet hookup on one of our computers as a demonstration. Yeah. And uh, so, naturally, we downloaded Napster. And of course. <laughs> I, I, mm. I made so many pirate DVDs and CDs. <laughs> it was great. Yep. And it was the only place you could do it, because otherwise you were hearing... Yep. <laughs> yep. Well, how else were you getting your Dr. Crusher porn, Adam? I mean, yeah. <laughs> it was through your dial-up. Yeah. yeah. I'm not a hater. I just crush a lot. So. <laughs> it's not It's not a play. Motherfucker. <laughs> Maybe I meant to change it. No, no. I'm just going to own up that I screwed up. I'm just enjoying, I'm just enjoying throwing it. out the corrections on Big yeah. Pun. <laughs> Mike is our official Oms Budman tonight. Uh, when, oh, no, strictly on Big Pun. Okay, that's <laughs> right. That's right. He's our resident Big Punologist. We've all got we've all got our little facets of sure, things sure. where like you're the expert on this, you're the expert on that. I'm the Big Pun guy. <laughs> you need the, one of those. He's the Big Ompunsman. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes. If you're counting, this is the third time we've worked the word Oms Budsman into the cast in the last two episodes. Yeah, only you do that, Adam. (laughs) Whatever, that's me, fine. That's really what I got, big words and sex jokes. So That is not the worst thing you've had on that. Yeah, Yeah, you know, I mean, essentially that is me during the 90s anyways. (laughs) Sex jokes that I just told to myself because I was awkwardly hoping someone would return a sex joke to me, being in middle school. (laughs) <laughs> and and watching 90s TV. So there you yeah. know you joke about UPN but um the the CW23 like the WB channel had one of mine. I think that was what UPN became, didn't it? Like it became uh, I think WB it feels and then right. C- CW, yeah, I think for, so. For a while we had antenna and then we had cable, then we had premium cable, oh, wow. and then we went back down to basic cable. Oh, so was that a free trial for a little while? <laughs> it was probably like, you know, one of those new customer things. Yeah. 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 So like I, you know, this is funny. I remember answering a Nielsen ratings um, survey on the phone because we had a landline, which is weird to me today. <laughs> and uh, they're like, how many hours of TV do you think you watch a week? And I'm like, probably 20, 25. And the person's like, wow, that's a lot. <laughs> and even then, I was like 13, and I'm like, you're not really supposed to say that to a serial respondent. I know this. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm like, thanks. I don't have friends. How much did you underestimate your watching, too? You know what? Now that like my phone tells me how much I use my phone, and I realize how much I underestimate that. Yeah. Because like you know, an hour a day is either podcasts or audiobooks, driving to and from work. And then... Just using it for the rest of it, I probably was more like thirty hours. No, we bitching stuff about kids these days and how much time they spend looking at a screen. But it's like, fuck it, man. When I was right. a kid, 
if I wasn't outside playing ball or something like that, I was watching TV and right. it was MTV or it was sci-fi crap or it was whatever, but it was, there was yeah. a screen in front well, of me. I mean, plus there was Nintendo and Sega yeah. and Super yeah. Nintendo yeah. And, yeah. and we, we just did it differently. That's all. And we didn't always yeah. have it in our pocket. You know, it's not yeah. always with you, but you know, it was, it was, we were doing it too. My yeah. wife made the same point. Like we, we do track how much my sons watch TV and how much they play video games and they have like decommissioned phones that they use for phone like things Mm -hmm. and we track it and then we're like you know this is more work for us and like our parents never monitored our time like exactly like you said Mm. so i don't know what stands out to you guys about being a nerd in the 90s or liking 90s things so uh what stands out to me when i think back to the 90s versus now is that you know, I, I described myself in the last cast as in the nineties, uh, a closeted nerd, like all my yeah. stuff that I liked that was nerdy and there was plenty of it was mostly something I kept to myself. It wasn't something I like shared with my friends. I wasn't like mm-hmm. at school, like talking about star Trek or whatever. Um, whereas now nerd culture, I think is ascendant. I think nerd culture is like the cool shit. No, I think everybody's got their own version of nerddom. Mom always said we would take over the world. (laughs) I I think that, um, you know, I I think that, you know, the nerds are are no longer the ones being, you know, pushed around and bullied. I think they're the ones pushing around and bullying. The nerds are the tastemakers now. We have inherited the earth. But, you know, but I, uh, you know, I I was... um, you know, I was, I was, like I said, I was a closeted nerd. There was a lot of shit I would watch, like Star Trek and Star mm-hmm. Wars, that I fucking loved. Mm-hmm. I remember, like, you know, to the extent that I read in those days as a kid, it was always like the, you know, like the ridiculous extended universe um, Star Wars novels. Yeah. And yeah. even, like, re- there was even worse novels written about Star Trek The Next Generation. I, re- I remember reading a few <laughs> of those, like, um, you know, I don't know. It Some was pulp fan fiction <laughs> yeah. about yeah. Deanna Troy. Oh god. If you don't understand <laughs> that one, go back to the last podcast. <laughs> oh, we did a deep character analysis on Yeah. On the Troys. I uh Is it my turn? Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I'm I'm like in the same boat with you. I remember like being into the nerdy shit back then, but if you went and said like "live long and prosper" to somebody, you get punched in the fucking balls immediately. Unless you were a comic con or a comic shop. Yeah, but it was like, who had the means to do that? Like, and if anyone found out, you were going to comic con. Yeah. yeah, and like my my comic con stuff was like I actually did like comic books then, which had a few other kids who were into that because that's more badass than like saying, "Oh, you watch Star Trek?" Oh, because yeah. as soon as like you become like nerdlinger and it's just over. But, uh, you know, like you said, it's the ascendancy of the nerd that uh, has really brought back how how many things there were to take in in the 90s, mm-hmm. if you were, of the nerd persuasion. And I have to say that it was uh, it was during that, you know, you always say, like, what are you a child of what decade? And, like, I, I'm kind of in that, and you're in that same, like, between the 80s and 90s zone where I'm like, well, I really formed myself in the nineties and I feel like the nineties had so much to offer when it comes to good quality fiction on TV. Agreed. So I, think I keep that saying that's why I watch so much TV because it was good. Yeah. Not because I didn't have friends. It wasn't like, okay, it was not good by today's standards by any no. means. No, I mean, it, we're spoiled nowadays. Right. Like these limited run series where it's like, you know, an hour and a half, an episode, eight episodes, or but it's those like shows are, episodes. They are built on the foundation laid by the yeah. television of that era, mm-hmm. and all of the mistakes that were made, but all of the high notes that said, "Wait, this can be done and be more sustained." 
Now yeah. you're seeing it come to fruition after all of that experimentation in the night. Well, it also yeah. depends what you're looking for in TV too. I, I, you know, I know I've been told many times we're living in the golden era of television right now, but I don't watch any of that shit because like, I mean, I, I read like literary books and I watch like seriously good movies and I listen to like a ton of music from every era and every genre. But when it comes to TV, man, like I don't have the energy to get like nothing That's left funny, in the tank. Yeah. Like when I watch TV, I want sheer escapism. I am putting on Star Trek. I'm putting on Seinfeld. I'm putting on something that is like, all right, this is going to, you know, make me laugh a few yeah. times yeah. or something. I know it's like, good. I, I have no energy left in the evening to be like, you know what? I think I'll I'll throw on fucking Queen's Gambit or something. I'm sure it's all fucking great. Yeah. I just like I just expend that energy in other places. You're right. It's much yep. more exhausting now to yeah. get into a show yes. than it used to be. Where like Star Trek, we talked about, it's episodic. Mm-hmm. You can just go in there and you can watch an episode and be like, oh, okay, I tagged in for a little bit. And I'm tagging mm-hmm. out. I don't right. have to like commit yeah. to something. I don't feel like I have to finish it. I don't have to binge it. And, it's I, just there. And it, it get, I mean, even the stuff that was serious drama was like, you know, it wasn't that serious drama. You know, it was like we talked about in the last episode, Tashi Yar being killed by an oil puddle. You know, it was like, <laughs> oh no, a major character died. That's worlds away from Sean Bean being executed in, yeah. uh, you know, Game of Thrones right. in a brutal yeah. way. And, uh, you know, I don't know. So yeah. I, for for me, TV has always been more escapism than like serious, like critical art. Yeah, I have such mixed mixed feelings about that because you know I completely agree. The first series I felt like what you just said was Game uh, House of Cards, where I watched the first two or three episodes and I was like, "Holy shit, this is fantastic!" Mm. But it's so dark, yeah. right? That I just don't have the will to go through this right now, and. A lot of TV is like that for me nowadays, especially if I don't get on it from the start. Like you were saying, like, oh, I don't have time to binge it, binge it, binge it. Yeah. You know, the first TV series I ever binged watched was um, uh, Breaking Bad. Yeah, same. I watched it in the summer, like the whole series in the summer because I was like two seasons behind or whatever it was. I think it ran for three, maybe four seasons. Something like that, yeah. Um, nowadays, I just don't feel like I have the bandwidth to do right. that, to catch up. You know, there are some, like, Shit's Creek. So many people tell me I should watch Shit's Creek, but I don't have the bandwidth to go back five seasons and right. rewatch a no. hundred episodes. Everyone now has said, oh, you got to watch this, you got to watch that, you got to watch this. I'm like, I'm going to watch what I fucking want to watch. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, there's too much good TV. I don't need to see it all. I don't have a bad catalog of watches anymore. I'm just like, you know what? Fuck it. Yeah. Yeah. It's exhausting to try and keep up with all those conversations, and I don't need to. Well, uh, exactly. Yeah. I was going to say, to return to the original point here, the 90s were uh, not like that you know you could mm-hmm. jump in you could just turn on like you know usa or tnt or whatever mm-hmm. and you could like pick up a show for the first time in season four and get a good sense of what it was about and right. where you were mm-hmm. and what the characters were and um it, it didn't ever feel like homework and yet at the same time it still served the function of entertainment right yeah and i think that's a function of the streaming like everything is available all the time everywhere and so there's like, we've all become kind of like forced completists in mm. a way. Um, so I'm not sure where that comes from because like, I am not one to finish a, a novel if I hate it by page 250. Agreed. I'm just going to walk away from it. Agreed. It's the public conversation. Yeah. Once you get involved in that part of things where people are talking about it, then you feel like you owe it to that group to finish something. Yeah. Whereas before, or with a personal thing with like a novel, you don't. Right. I mean... We talk about novels. 
<laughs> yeah, I know. I know what you're saying. I'm just kidding. I might I know be the only saying. one here who has finished every single book. That you we literally started. are. I've, yeah. I've I've finished them all except for N.K. Jemison. Yeah, that was the yeah. one I, I, I failed. It. I failed. Yeah, yes, you, you did. did. God bless yep, you. you did. No, don't please. I'm but, a, I'm hey, I finished doomed. Termination Shock. I'm just gonna say yeah, that. Same here. Yeah. I'm the yep. doomed completist out of all of us. But it's it's interesting to me how these things like kind of reverse themselves. There's there's a I've brought up Futurama a few times tonight. I'm gonna bring it up again. There's a great Futurama episode where um, a character comes across uh, a phone, what they think is a phone booth, and uh, or it is a phone booth, I think. And they're like, well, well, how does this work? And they're like, you go inside and you make a call. It's a phone booth. And they're like, they have phones in booths now? Oh, that's great. I don't have to carry this thing around with me everywhere. And he chucks <laughs> his phone. <laughs> yeah. And I was thinking about that with TV just now as we were talking. I'm like, we cut the cable many, many, many years ago. Same and way. we now have existed off like, you know, a random grouping of different Catch apps and stuff. Sources. But you were talking about how it's like everything is available. It's right there. It's like the gluttony of choice. And I'm like, I kind of get exhausted with that. And my wife and I now find it like weird when we go, when we travel, when we're on the road and we're staying in a hotel, there's something so liberating about turning on the TV and being like, oh, it's cable. We have limiting choices. Let's see what's on. (laughs) I agree with that. Yeah. For it, you've nailed it, really, because we cut the cable uh, a few years before we moved into this house. So it would have been like 11 years now. We had like the Wii streaming <laughs> first to like see whether or not we could do it. We did that for a month with Netflix while we were still getting Netflix DVDs in the mail. Yeah. That, that kind of dates <laughs> I remember it. that. And then we were like, okay, this isn't bad. We have enough choice, but not so much that we're overwhelmed. Right. And how quickly that changed. I feel like... There's so much coming at us at all right. times. It's, you know, drinking from a fire hose, which is stupid because, <laughs> like, I don't have to. But because it's there, there's something I feel like in the innate nature of me as a person that's like, oh, get it all, get it all, yeah. watch it all, watch it all. <laughs> yeah. It's just dumb. Well, I mean, it, and it, it works on, like, the micro level, too. Because, I mean, to use the show we were discussing in our last cast, Star Trek, if, if I'm – Going through that on Netflix, then I'm like, no, not that episode. Oh, that was yeah. stupid. Yeah. I don't want to fucking watch that one. Oh, here's a good one, you know? Yeah. But if I come across a Star Trek marathon on TV, mm. yeah. then they're yeah. all great. I'm yeah. like, I wonder which one will be next. Oh, it's yeah. the, I remember this one, and I'll enjoy it. It's refreshing right. to not do the streaming thing. And I got, like, an antenna, and I get, like, 60 channels of, like, garbage. You know, you got your yeah. normal, regular, like, ABC, NBC, and all that. But then you've got, like, all the, like... You know, dash number ones that are way up in the bandwidth <laughs> there, but there's the one uh, channel that shows Next Generation. They got like a whole block of all the treks um, yeah. from the 90s and mm-hmm. early 2000s. Oh shit, I got Star Trek Let's all night go. if I want. Let's go. Yeah. Right? Or they got like fucking MacGyver on at five o'clock. <laughs> like my kids get into MacGyver. Give me my paperclip, my salt, and a bucket of water. I'm going to blow a fucking hole in this Yeah. Water. But that's the best part of it is it's like you're, you're not, you're not in control. The programming yeah. is there, right. and if you want it, you got it. And if you don't, well, then too bad. Yeah. And I kind of like that choice being taken away. I agree. A small it's something counterintuitively liberating yes. about that. Yes. Well, there is the paradox of choice, which yeah. I think we've mentioned a few times here, in that you're always going to regret your choice if you feel like you have another choice. It's yeah. in the box or the bag. Yeah, it's a good yeah. the box, the box. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I see it in my in my seven year old when he's you know you got half an hour buddy pick a tv show he's got his favorites that show up on netflix but invariably he wastes 10 minutes of that 30 minutes watching the previews run of rando shows on there and then he goes back to his favorite episodes yeah yeah you know rewatching the same series for the third time or something which well, i don't mind whatsoever 
because of everything we just said. You guys are making a good case. Like, I cut the cord to save money, primarily. And it's like, I got Disney Plus, and I got Netflix, and I have Amazon, and then I have my antenna. And I'm sitting there going, like, would it be better if I just <laughs> fucking went and got basic cable and just yeah. said the hell with all the streaming? And, like, that's it. You get what you get, kids. Yeah. I like your anecdote about your son, because I've been there a thousand times. Like, oh, I'll, for sure. I'll spend more time deciding which movie I want to watch mm-hmm. than I'll spend watching the movie. <laughs> but you know what's going to happen, then? If we made that... If we made that break and went to something like that, right. kids are just going to get on their phones all the time. He's yeah. like, oh, yeah. I'm just going to go play Roblox <laughs> or I'm going to be yeah. on YouTube or whatever. Where I can then endlessly scroll through options. Yeah, Well, yeah, don't even get me started on YouTube. Yeah. But, you know, speaking of YouTube, that's kind of where I went to find a bunch of my episodes because it ain't anywhere. I picked some rando deep cuts. Do you guys want to share one each and just go around? Yeah, let's do it that way. Let's right. round table. So when I thought 90s sci-fi... I had a tie for my top one. Man, I went back and forth between Quantum Leap Mm. and this one. But I went with this one because it's making news again and that they might reboot it. So, from 1995 to 1999, Jerry O'Connell was a physicist (gasps) who created a wormhole and accidentally sucked himself and two (laughs) other human beings, including his college professor and a rando singer driving by in a Chevy... When the wormhole was open in John his basement. John Reese Davies was John Reese Davies yeah, was the Sliders, goddammit. Yeah. Sliders. 19, or it's 68% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. Not bad. 7.4 on IMDb. Yes. I will tell you, I love this show. The special effects were awful. Yeah. Oh, we yeah. Could, I mean, easily we could. But at the time, the whole at wormhole the effect was cool. Because not only would you get this like warp in reality that would create like a water effect in the mm-hmm. world and then they'd have to jump through it but then you had this like lawnmower man vr yes. simulation where like you slid down a tube that was vaguely penile or your <laughs> um that would like narrow and then it would get like multicolored, but not quite like cosmic like the 60s okay and you'd be spat out into an alternate or a parallel earth and sometimes the parallel earth stuff was very minor like in one episode Red was green and green was yeah. red at traffic lights. Interesting. Big deal. Yeah. But sometimes they made huge social criticisms, right. like women were in seats of power instead of men. It's the multiverse yeah. before that became a thing. Absolutely. Mm. It's awesome. I loved that yeah. show. Why didn't I love that, that show? Fuck. Because I did. Great show. Yeah. Man, I got two you. things for you to say. Okay. Sure. The one with the flying spiders. Remember that one? Fucking terrifying. And then the one that was only briefly on the show. Still terrifying. And then the Cro-Mags. The Cro-Mags were this reoccurring antagonist who were like a superior race who could also jump through parallel Earths, parallel worlds. And they were trying to take over every Earth. They were kind of like the Borgs from Star Trek. Except they weren't machine. They were, they kind of looked like the Cardassians. Primitive humans, but they they evolved instead of dying out like Neanderthals. They would have kept going. In in one, yeah, in one of the parallel Earths. Hmm. So like... The, the gimmick was, the reason why you could jump in and out of the show every week is that um, the machine, it was like a little remote control that Jerry mm-hmm. O'Connell made, and it accidentally went off, and it accidentally set a timer, and the timer reset every episode, so like, they basically had to spend that many minutes in that parallel Earth. Mm-hmm. Okay. And they solve a problem or something. They would solve a problem, or they would just have to figure out how that Earth was different from theirs, because obviously the the Homerian epic is to go back home. Right. So, like, I love that, like the the trip back home thing. They're always trying to find some way to help them get back home. Yes. Yeah. yeah. 
And you know, there are many episodes where like there was an alternate Jerry O'Connell yes. and they met together. His real they, life brother becomes a reoccurring. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. the only reason why the show fell apart actually was because of the fact that the actors got sick of the tropes mm-hmm. they just kind of like you were saying sean in the star trek episodes they did twister except um gene reese davies or was it john reese john reese davies john reese davies was saying like eventually the writing got so bad like they had a gold mine of an idea but they would make twister but in there in that version twisters were like wider at the base than yeah. they were at the top like big fucking deal. <laughs> yeah. Um, the red green was an early one, but they were kind of like piloting the, yeah. the the concepts, and so the actors got really unhappy. And a- apparently, there was also some real onset drama between the actors. Like one tried to date another, and yeah. she rebuked his his attempts, and he got real pissed about it. And it wasn't cool. Um, and eventually, it got so bad, um, Sci Fi bought it at the height of its popularity, and started throwing some cash at it. Yeah. And that's when it went downhill because they started making episodes that were like more action oriented than um, like philosophy driven, kind of mm-hmm. like Star Trek right. in its worst episodes. Okay. Um, but it got so bad between the writers and sci-fi that famously the um, final episode left on a cliffhanger that was unsolvable and wasn't going to be solved because the writers wanted to see if sci-fi was even reading the scripts. Oh wow! And they weren't. Yeah, it was a they really fascinating. Were. I I followed that show like Star Trek. My mom really watched it with me. Show. It was I'm dude, completely unfamiliar with it, it. It's a it's a you would like it's it. It's a if sci-fi next generation. You would love it. Okay. And another ding ding, hit me a ding there, please. Jerry O'Connell was in Stand by Me with Will Wheaton. Ah, oh, another Wheaton. '90s sci-fi Wheaton. kid. Yeah. yeah, good pick, Adam. Good pick. Thank you very much. That one, um, Jeremy's Davies talked about possibly rebooting. And all the primary cast being in for it. They just need someone to pick it up. That'd be interesting. Yeah. Well, I bet you it'll happen it. too. I bet yeah. you. Yeah. Last time we mm-hmm. went to Mike next. So I'm going to go to Shaw next this time. I'm going to start with my uh, lowest on the rung and Ooh. then work my way up. Okay. <laughs> my uh, first pick out of my three is Time Tracks. I know that show. From 1993, yep. one season only, mm-hmm. starring Dale... Midkiff, That's you know the only that thing guy, ever in. and Elizabeth in. Alexander, you know who she is. Oh, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> on my wall, right next to Britney Spears. <laughs> Time Tracks is like uh, almost like um, uh, Quantum Leap in a way. Yeah, but it's like this guy gets sent back in time, and he's tracking down criminals who have escaped from their present or their future, our future in the present, mm-hmm. whatever, back in time to try and get away from this. It is the most batshit fucking premise, but it's white people are a minority, mm-hmm. and it's weird because everybody on the show is fucking white, so I don't get that. But anyway, they it's a weird racial kind of future thing, but the guy has this digital assistant who lives in this credit card-sized mm-hmm. and shaped thing that he carries around with him, and she's this holographic projection of like an old school marm. Mm-hmm. And it, he's just got to track down these time criminals and send them back to the future. She it's, gives him the assignments. And yeah, she's like always like like beaming the thing, and she's kind of yeah. sassy. Yeah. And I always thought she's it was a super. She's wearing a wool um, pants uh, skirt suit. Yeah, and yeah. yeah, she just looks like a like a like a late or early twentieth century like school teacher. Mm-hmm. It's just a, a fascinating thing, just because he's got this this cool like basically what you call a cell phone now, and then he's got this little watch. That can shoot these pellets at the bad guys and sends them back into into the future. Yep. I don't know why I liked it. 
It's it was fine. stupid. I remember watching it. But I liked it. Again, I watched random. like 40 hours of TV a week. So, <laughs> like, I remember watching it. Uh, what I was the name of the show? Time Tracks. Tracks. Okay, I don't remember that It was one vaguely Wesley Snipes Time Cop. A little bit, yeah. Okay. Vaguely. A little bit. With zero budget. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Good connection. Thanks. Michael. Mike? All right, I uh, I think I'll um, borrow from Sean's methodology and start with the least of mine. And this yeah, actually... Was a little earlier. <laughs> Hell yeah. I've been told. Nerdgasm! <laughs> um... I uh, this one actually started in the late '80s, but was predominantly uh, on throughout the '90s, and that would be Mystery Science Theater, uh, which was a science fiction Black comedy Annabelle. film review television series. Uh, the premise of which was forced by evil scientists to watch bad B movies until he breaks a host and a bunch of captive ro- robot robots. Comments on the films to keep saying. Uh, B-movies, I think, is generous, too. I mean, you gentlemen oh, are sure. familiar with Mystery Science Theater, right? Yeah, I mean, these are, Those are like D-movies. These are movies that, as you're watching, mm-hmm. it's hard to believe that they were actually ever made. I remember being a kid and encountering this on uh, the Sci-Fi Channel yeah. for the first uh, time, and I wondered channel. if that, like, before I was familiar with the whole premise, I, th- I thought maybe they made the bad movie... So yes, that they could then that. make yes, fun of it, no. and it was I, I gradually became aware that like no fuck these were movies they actually yeah. made. That was like drive-in fodder for the fifties. Yeah. A lot of that stuff. Oh my god, oh, was... I'm surprised, but I kind of believe it. Yeah, um, I enjoyed that show a lot, and I've mm-hmm. uh, occasionally gone back to it. I remember watching it for a brief spell when it was on something Netflix or something mm-hmm. uh, years ago when I lived in Charlotte, and uh, again recently. Um, the most recent time I watched it was actually uh, not this holiday season, but the previous one. Um, they had a couple of <laughs> weird holiday movies, and there's one where Santa like meets the devil or some shit. <laughs> nice. And uh, I, I watched that. There was another one where like uh, something about like a, a guy going into like a toy store or something. I f- I forget, but um, these movies were just hilarious by themselves. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, the humor as as the uh, the characters, you know poke fun at it and the snarky commentary uh, is the best it, it's great and yeah. you know honestly like for most nerds we relate to it as well like that's mm-hmm. honestly mm-hmm. how a lot of us watch that's how movies. we watch yeah we become a comic book nerd while we're watching it <laughs> that's yeah. right that's exactly right when we watched jujitsu that's exactly yes. what we did there you go oh my god you're right they we created uh, they created an entire genre and i was um, tom crow yeah <laughs> get off my piano <laughs> um they, um, uh, for a while, they branched sure. out into, like, you, you could... <laughs> <laughs> we got to rewatch that. I'm a poet warrior in the sci-fi sense. <laughs> Fuck, that show just oh keeps giving. It just keeps giving. Nicholas Cage, you're a fucking national treasure. Thank you. <laughs> I see what you did there. Yes, yes, indeed. Oh, I didn't, yes. yeah, I didn't even catch that at first. Nicely that. done. Great fucking movie, by the way. That's one of those movies oh. that's, like, it's bad on purpose and it's aware yeah. of how bad it is that it's fucking fun we should do a mystery science 33000 of national treasure I oh my god write somebody write Sign this down up. yeah, yeah. Well, we can actually put that on our youtube channel and just we have can. the back of us on film Fuck right yeah let's oh, do I'll it look Wait, into disney the, might be I'll, mad at us I'll for look our into show the, yeah. yeah the copyright probably some copyright shit probably. but <laughs> damn um, it for a while uh mystery science theater was actually doing like the riff tracks where you could download their commentary and they would tell you what movie that they were watching, and your job was to like Pink Floyd the the wall with your closet. You would start the MSK three thousand, uh, MST three thousand, and the movie at the same time. Oh no and shit! You could hear them while 
you were watching. I, I never knew about that. That's mm-hmm. cool. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, is my turn up again? It Your is. Again. All right, ready for this? Yes. Talking dolphins, underwater lasers. I know. I got oh, it. Boy. Squid-shaped, squid-shaped vessel. It's Sequest DSV yeah. from 1993 to 1996. Think Star Trek, but underwater. <laughs> <laughs> and that, get this, I found this out. Three Emmy wins. What? No shit. All for music. <laughs> I was going to oh, say, okay. for music. Right. for that piece of crap? Yep. I can buy yep. that. Hey, you know what? They had cool military yes. trained dolphin yeah. motherfucker yeah. who could talk to you. That's fine. The thing that I really did like <laughs> about this show, besides the fact that it was like, you know, the poor man's Star Trek, is that um, there was the constant threat of being drowned or crushed which never happened in Star Trek. In Star Trek, you were never worried about someone punching a hole in your um, visor screen or whatever and space coming in. But nearly every episode involved the threat of drowning because someone broke a goddamn window. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What about all those times where they had a hull breach? That's true. Warning, Fair. outer hull breach. Give me <laughs> Yeah, but okay, so you saw a little smoke come out of the side of the camera. <laughs> no, when they fought the, the Borg, they lost like 43 people they on the one little, deck. Yeah. Yeah. God, I, Adam. I, you know what? Fine. Whatever. <laughs> no, but Still I get it. By Sequest I, I, I get it. I have always thought that dying in a submarine would be maybe the worst way Awful. to die. It's certainly in no, the conversation. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. There's something about that. Like, I mean, I think we're all a little claustrophobic to some extent. If you feel any kind of claustrophobia, then the idea of the submarine and dying that way. Yeah. Um, there was a news story like, I don't know, maybe a year ago or so where a submarine, a U.S. submarine, a nuclear sub, I believe it was, hit something hard underwater and they thought maybe it might be like a ridge or a mountain and they missed it for some reason. And it it was able to rise to the surface and be towed to oh. safety and shit. But I remember reading that story and being like, holy fuck, like you imagine like that? Imagine a, your submarine sinking to the sea floor. Uh, That'd well, be fucking horrifying. A few years ago, it was that Russian sub that... that- had that happen, I think they lost everybody because mm. I just oh, can't I imagine know. being aware oh, that you are going to yeah. die of suffocation yeah. or drowning. And it's just, yeah. God. Yeah, give me an Enterprise hull breach any day over a Sequest yeah. shit. For sure. Because <laughs> a nuclear-powered submarine can probably last like a week or so before Maybe, yeah. like stuff starts to happen. That's uh, oh. the whole DS9 thing, though. It answers the question where someone was like, how do we get dolphins on TV again? We can't do Flipper. What are we going to do? Yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah. No, for Apocalyptic sure. world where everyone lives in a submarine. Yeah. And my one, now that you mentioned that, fear is that that poor dolphin. How do they treat it? But I feel like a lot of the shots were like the same shot that they just kept reusing. Oh, yeah. Maybe like two or three <laughs> shots with that dolphin and they, you know, just said, let's make it work. I'm sure that dolphin lived a long and fruitful life in yeah. SeaWorld. as all of the creatures in SeaWorld did no you're supposed to tell me that they took it to a nice pasture out in the middle of New York State (laughs) and and probably drowned it in out of water in one of the finger lakes yeah Yeah. All right, Sean what's your pick alright this is my mid-level and I'm going with one of the shows that I feel deserves god damn it must happen continuation of the series. I'm not even going to say reboot. I'm going to say continuation because it ended after one season on an epic cliffhanger. Greatest premise. One of the greatest promises in all of 90s science fiction. Space above and beyond. Motherfuckers. <laughs> it sounds I, I don't familiar. Know but I don't think I, I can't pull Very fly. few people can name this show, but some notable guest stars include... Coolio, 
Well, there you uh, go. David Duchovny. Oh. Arlie Ermey. Adam Goldberg. Richard Kind. Big name people. <laughs> guest starred on the... Like, Fox threw a... Excuse me. Threw a ton of money at this show. And it died. Oh. But it's a James Wong, Glenn Morgan show. Um, it's about space marines in the not-too-distant future fighting this alien race called the Chigs who we, like, are colonizing space, and we run into some issues with them because we sent some kind of probe or something to their sacred moon and blah, blah, blah. It's a weird story. But we pissed them off. it's <laughs> space battle, space combat, which is awesome in all the best ways. It's space marines, so they fly and they fight by hand. Mm. It's people called tanks, which are, like, in vitro people that were bred just to be warriors. There's synthroids or whatever that are, like, I think that's what David Duchovny plays, and they're, like, androids, but they're also trying to break away from humanity, and they're fighting humans in a guerrilla tactical kind of thing. Mm. And then Mm. there's this superior race that's just a little bit better, just a little bit better than us that we're trying to fight, and we almost get annihilated if not for these, like, plucky space marines that get up there in their hammerhead... Like fighter ships, it's just got everything you love about Star Star Wars, space battles, and Star Trek space combat and and strategy. It's really interesting. The characters are great. It ends on this epic like cliffhanger because the aliens breathe methane and they have this like this sit down meeting where they're gonna try and negotiate a truce. And he takes his helmet off and something sparks and his methane and his thing blows up and it blows up the whole conference room. And that's how Whoa. it ends. Damn. And it fucking never came back. Fuck. It no. remains to this day my biggest TV disappointment because wow. I was I was in. Yeah. I was hooked. I wanted more and it never fucking happened. So god damn it, whoever owns the rights to Space Above and Beyond, it is time. It is decades past time. <laughs> Bring me this shit back and give me some closure, god damn it. Wow. Nicely said, man. Thing. Seriously. That was a good little I, speech. Yeah. While you were yeah, while you were ranting on your soapbox, I was watching I was watching the IMDB trailer of it. And god damn it, if that's not America's Space Force yes! coming to fruition, yes! I'll be a motherfucker. And the wow. effects for the night again, they, they threw a good. ton of money. They yeah. were pretty decent effects. Damn. It had a lot of great social dynamics and things. It was a good show. It deserved was, better. It deserved better. It was nominated for Outstanding Special <clears throat> Visual Effects. Thank you. Outstanding Music Composition for a Series. Uh, best Television, best Genre Television Series. Inexplicably canceled. Yeah, and it won Universe Reader's Choice Awards in 96 uh, from Sci-Fi Universe Magazine. It, I mean, how was the audience on it? Did it just get like the Twin Peaks treatment? Like it was critically acclaimed, had a cult following, but it wasn't commercial enough that they wanted to continue it. It, it got the typical Fox runaround where they didn't know where to put it and they kept yeah. shuffling it and no one knew where it was and eventually it killed it. Because yeah. Fox fucking, now they just make shit to make shit. Yeah. But back then, once in a while, they would have something promising and they would kill it. They hmm. kill it in the cradle, and that's exactly what they did to Space Above and Beyond. Yeah, hmm. I'm sorry, man. Yeah. I can it's sense okay. your loss. Uh, <laughs> it still hurts, man. It still hurts. Yeah. It's a vivid show in my mind. Well, that was a night. Uh, that was almost a Patrick Stewart esque monologue right there. That was, was very nice. It was almost like you were Macbeth <laughs> and you were just talking about your, your friend Bank- Banquo. I'll give it back to number one. <laughs> Make Mike? it so. All right, so for my middle pick, um, I went with Stargate SG-1. And bef- nice. before I – just so I know how this conversation is going to go, are you guys – you're familiar with the show, I'm sure. But yeah. Have you watched the show? Are, yes. Are you, okay, good. Yes. Okay, good. And good, Atlantis. Good. So this will be uh, – see, then you're uh, – damn, you've done more than me well, then because I never watched one. Atlantis. There was a there was second spinoff. Right. What? 
There was, but I don't there know. was there, there was some movies. There was Continuum, um, yeah. and there was there was yeah. Atlantis, and there might have been one other one. I don't but, remember, but it's the MacGyver one. That's yeah. the one you're talking yeah. about, right? SG one, yes. Yeah. So uh, Richard Dean Anderson, yes, MacGyver. So that this show came out in '97, and it actually lasted for ten fucking seasons. Mm-hmm. It, was it was on good. as late as 2007, mm-hmm. which is crazy to me to comp- uh, to contemplate this that this show came out when I was in middle school, <laughs> and I was long like several years graduated from college, and it was still on the air. It's yeah. pretty wild. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Richard Dean Anderson is Captain Jack O'Neill. Uh, Amanda Tapping is Samantha Car- Carter. Christopher Judge as Teal'c. Um, and uh, it's based, or it was a spinoff of the, the 1994 movie, Stargate. Mm-hmm. Um, so my my history with this is I remember seeing the movie probably a couple years after it came out. I don't think I saw it in 94, but I fucking loved the movie. Um, I saw it in theaters. It's a great movie. Yeah, it's it's really really good. I loved all the like it, the idea of the mythology being so upfront, the Egyptian mythology. Um, I loved the idea of all the technology like actually looking like really ancient shit. Yes. Like the, their fucking spaceship is a pyramid, you yep, know. Yeah. I loved uh, all the characters. The whole premise of the thing was just fucking fascinating to me. It, it's it's not a great literary movie, but it's a fucking fun it's movie. A, it's oh, a Roland yeah. Emmerich movie, I, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it wow. is. Yeah, and so I loved that movie for many many years. Um, but I, the irony is, despite loving that movie and being aware of this TV show. This show was off the air for a while before I actually watched it. It was probably 2010 or 11, maybe even a little later than that. Honestly, I picked it up on Netflix and I started watching it um, and I was hooked immediately. And then the weirdest shit ever is that uh, my wife, who would never be into this kind of thing, would be in the room trying to read a book or something. And she'd like find herself looking over the edge of the book. And <laughs> I didn't realize how hooked she had actually gotten until uh, I didn't watch it for a few nights. And she goes, what's that show you've been watching? You haven't watched that in a few nights. And now we, we have watched all 10 seasons together. We're going to wow. be doing a rewatch soon. Like wow. it, it became nice. this thing that we really bonded on. Um, fantastic show. It's got a great yeah. cast, man. Like, it does. Yeah. Richard Dean Anderson really pulls off the Kurt Russell character well. Yep. And I think it's the same guy as the like autisticish kind of scientist. Yeah. Who was in the movie? It's not. It's not the same actor. I thought it was the same actor. It's not. It's a different actor. Um, I didn't write his name down on here. I should know it because I've watched the credits to the show over and over and over again. You can look it up, but I'm telling you, they're different <laughs> actors. But he plays him very close. Very close to, uh, whereas Richard Dean Anderson, I think, drastically changes and seriously improves the character of uh, Captain Jack O'Neill. Agreed. The um, the guy who plays uh, the scientist in the show plays it pretty close to the way it's played in the movie, for the most part. Oh, uh, you're right. Mike, Michael Shanks plays Daniel Jackson in the Daniel show. Daniel Jackson in the show. I have the... no idea who it is in the movie, but it's not Michael Shanks. No, you're right. Yeah. It's some other. It's actually a, a fairly well known. Why it won't give me the cast of the movie? <laughs> oh wait, here it is. Everyone's waiting for me. Yeah, it's James Spader. Okay, uh, very different. Uh, yeah, yeah, big name. Yeah, never but mind. but the but he plays the character pretty close. He does, He's got yeah. the mannerisms, like the sort of like awkward nerdiness, but clearly brilliant. You know, like all yeah. that. Um, I think the the cat the character of O'Neill really is the beating heart of the show. Um, 
And it's very different from the Kurt Russell character. Yeah. And like I said, much improved. The Kurt Russell character is just like the tough military guy, the action hero that they need in the movie. In the show, he is the show. I mean, they're all fantastic in it. Um, But he he is, uh, I think he, when he steps back a little bit in the final couple of seasons, the show suffers for it. Um, another show like Star Trek, the next generation, there's a lot of cheese you got to get through in order to get to the real high points, but the high points are fucking fantastic. Um, and, uh, you know, yeah, great show. Great, great show. It does actually owe a lot to next generation. When you think about it, like the Tiok character is kind of like the wharf and right. mm-hmm. there's a lot of that sort of like basic sort of, uh, like type that they built for it right and then just took it in a really cool direction yeah i've 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 thought about that many times like star trek is built on the idea of like they're a a team of characters that come to feel almost like you know them personally Mm -hmm. you know i mean we all feel like we're friends or family with the next generation cast and then it's watching these characters have these mostly serialized uh adventures or i'm sorry episodic adventures Mm -hmm. um as as the show goes on with occasional longer arcs and stuff yeah uh it's a good mix of like more lighthearted ones very serious dramatic ones it's a good mix of action and also ideas and philosophy yeah Yeah. great show eminently enjoyable i forgot about that one yeah until i saw it back on the list yeah it's 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 a favorite man it's a great one yeah it's okay to drink the yeast at the bottom of that bottle. <laughs> I saw you see that. I am a completist, even with shitty beers. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I like this I, beer. I'm glad say, you guys did. It was expensive. Yeah. yeah. Um, what is it? I can't remember the name. I had a fantastic creamsicle ale that really tasted like a creamsicle, but I can't remember the name. Of it. They're in Amon. It's going to kill me. I can't think of it. Because that's the style that Finite Probability is trying to, mm. to copy. The other one wasn't wasn't a Goza, but um, I didn't want to keep buying yeah. stouts because you guys get mad at me. So I don't get. Mad. I fucking love stouts. Like stouts. Are you kidding me? Yeah. There isn't, <laughs> there's only like two beers that I don't like, and one of them is Jenny Cream Ale, ah. <laughs> and only because the next day is rough. That's it. I just don't want to be like pigeonholing us into one just because yeah. I like them. It's got to have some variety. So I, gotta, I, gotta I appreciate it that. No, yeah. You do a good job with the porters and the stouts, and I like mm-hmm. this uh, this one that you brought today, well, too. I judge every beer by its can. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, uh, speaking of um, eminently enjoyable and uh, widely known, I'm going with Nightman. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going with Nightman. I'm just kidding. <laughs> that was... Yeah. It, it ran for like five episodes. I know what you're talking about. Like that. Weirdly. Yeah, we're like a, an African-American police agent. <laughs> cre- no, an African-American scientist builds himself a super suit to save himself from his debilitating illness. Yep. No, that wasn't the one I was going to pick. Actually, this was on your list, Sean, so I hope no one gets mad at me. But it's Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Ah. I know it's not sci-fi, but it was on the list, so I'm going to go with it. No, but it's it. part of the genre, yeah, like yeah. fantasy, sci-fi. There's that a lot flies. of stuff. Yeah. Hercules could have been a pick. Her- Hercules right. was also on your list. Yeah. Young Hercules was on your yeah. list, to be specific. But um, 97 through 03, so this was from my middle school days to my high school days. 8.3 out of 10 on IMDb. And 85% on Rotten Tomatoes mm. from the Rotten Tomatoes professional reviewers. 93 by the audience. People fucking love this show, just in general. Um, I know it's vampires and all that sort of thing, and there's some demons in there. But um, the thing that made me pick it is, when I was scrolling through the list, I remember the episode Hush, mm. where their voices were stolen and the entire episode was silent. 
That's cool. 40 minutes of silence. Damn. Everything was carried by the on-screen action. P.S. It was also Slender Man before Slender Man was an internet meme. Who's the creator of that show? Because uh, he... I didn't do he's that a racer. Big, he did, didn't he do Firefly 2? I believe so. Like oh. All the Avengers movies. Um, <coughs> yeah, I can't think of his name. And I've never seen Firefly, but I've always meant to because like-minded people highly recommend yeah, it. No, Firefly is yeah. a good show. Yeah, um, I have family who are like, why did you... Joss Whedon. Joss Whedon, yeah, that's, that's right. Yep. Yeah, because he did... Uh, yeah, Buffy was... It was a cultural force, man, especially Huge. for tweens and teens in that era. And that was me. Yeah, mm. and it was like... Was it Allison Hannigan was in that show? Allison, ooh, Sarah Allison Michelle Gellar. Sarah Michelle David Gellar. David Boreanaz is a local boy. He's from Clarence. David... Yeah, and he got his own spinoff in Angel, Angel yeah. which I also almost picked. But I went with Buffy because Buffy was like yeah. the, the source of I that. love the Kristen Swanson movie, too. Oh, um, like, you know, movie. It, it really confused me when Sarah Michelle Gellar was not in that movie. <laughs> and I was like, this is not the... Okay. <laughs> it's a weird-ass, like, 80s, mm-hmm. 90s, early 90s mm-hmm. premise movie that they just turned into a pretty damn mm-hmm. good show. Fantastic. Yeah. I mean, it, it was long-running, and I remember being very sad when this mo- movie, sorry, when this TV show stopped airing you knew it was the finale and i also kind of miss like these episodic finales where you had to wait every week yeah another one a couldn't week, binge it and everybody else was watching it and so the next day you came into school and you're like did you see buffy last yeah. night well it's like that with game of thrones and stuff now, it was where they yeah they do them that. One, at, one at a time like, yeah yeah i agree a great was, pick yeah, yeah thank you i did cool. not do them in any particular order but i feel like i ended on a high note yeah i think you did too no i'm gonna crush all you motherfuckers <laughs> with the highest of the high this is the ultimate and greatest show of the sci-fi 90s. Are you ready for the ultimate nerdgasm? Nerdgasm! Well, DM. <laughs> Gotta work on that. <laughs> well, you've definitely teased me here. He's been holding it in so long. <laughs> and here comes the disappointment. It's gonna just explode yeah. everywhere. Babylon 5. Oh, yeah, my, one of us had Mike to pick it. Mike fucking drop. One of us had to pick it. <laughs> that is... The Nomperiel. <laughs> it is the greatest show of the 90s. I will take that over Next Generation any day. Wow. Bold statement. Oh, that it is, is a Damn. bold statement, my friend, because it is the truth. It <laughs> fucking has it all. Babylon 5, 93 to 98. Jay Michael Straczynski, or Straczynski, I, I'm really bad That's with those fine. Names. It's cast three tonight. Yeah, he's... um. He's a great show creator. It's got Bruce Boxleitner, Claudia Christian, Jerry Doyle, Mia Furlong. You know all these people. You know people. Mia Furlong. Uh, <laughs> Billy Mummy actually is a reoccurring guest. Like, not guest star, but part of the cast, too. You know Billy Mummy? No. Gets to the Googles. And uh, Andreas Katsoulis, who actually was also in a lot of Star Trek episodes, too, okay. from Next Generation. He played um, a couple of Romulans. But uh, it's just... What an amazing way to pull off that sort of long-form storytelling before that was a thing, where it still had the nature of this episode belongs to itself, but then it builds on a larger mythos. And you had, like, races like the Vorlon or the Shadows, who were these, like, ascendant creatures who became energy beings but hadn't quite left. The, like, they're part of the ethereal plane, but whatever. They're still having these epic battles over mortality and yeah. and human mm-hmm. beings placed in it. And then you've got other races enslaving others, and they're trying to, like, reconcile it all in this diplomatic, sh- like, tube in space that mankind built to try and resolve all their issues. And, ah, oh, 
It's so good. <laughs> there it, was the nerdgasm right oh there. God, there, right there. Oh, God. It's oh. just, it's everything great about that era of sci-fi. Yeah. Encapsulated into one beautiful, it's like every high episode of Star Trek. It's every high episode of Sliders. It's it's all of it. So you were just talking about Billy Mummy, and I was just doing a quick dive because like, huh? Yeah, that's a guy. No, get this. Twilight Show. Alfred Hitchcock Presents. The Jack Benny Program. Mm-hmm. Damn. Keeps going. Twilight Zone, Perry Mason, Bo- Bewitched, The Adventures of Ozzie and Harriet, mm-hmm. Keep Going, I Dream of Jeannie, The Munsters, Lost in Space, Rascal, Here Comes the Brides, The Rockford Files, wow. Twilight Zone, The Movie, Matlock, Captain America, The uh-huh. Flash, Superboy, Ultraman, P.S., there's another 1990s show yep. I could have talked about, fucking Ultraman, yep. Animaniacs, Ren and Stimpy Show, then Babylon 5, Batman the Animated Series, The Weird Al Show. Space Ghost Coast to Coast. <laughs> oh Space my tr- God, that Star- was a great show. Right? Yes, it was. I fucking love that show. I forgot yeah. about that one. Star great Trek. Shit. We should do sci-fi cartoons. Hold on, hold on. Star Trek: Deep Space Nine. Yeah. Buzz Lightyear: Star Command. He was also in Transformers: Rescue Bots, which was a fucking favorite in my house for a long time. <laughs> and The Loud House, um, and then Lost in Space in 2018. Uh-huh. This dude is. Fucking prolific. He was the kid on Lost in Space. That's probably why I made that connection because my dad would watch Babylon 5 with me once in a while. He'd be like, oh, Billy Mummy. He was in Lost in Space. He was in everything. Yeah, the guy is. You, so you tell me this dude was in the 1960s Twilight Zone. And then. And he's still acting. I like, think he was the kid yeah. who could turn people into like a jack in the box or whatever. Oh, yeah. the, the... In, in Praise of Pip. Was his episode that he was on? Young oh Pitt. fuck, Young Pitt Phillips! That is a fantastic. That's right. a is heartbreaking that I, is that episode. The one I'm thinking about, or no? No, no. no the one okay. you're thinking of is the kid who everybody they're all scared of. Not on like our political situation in this country for four years, where everyone <laughs> everyone was just so terrified of the child. But um, <laughs> no, no, no. Weird that he looked like a Cheeto in the fifties. <laughs> in praise of Pip is this heartbreaking episode where uh, this guy's like a he's like a loan shark collector or some shit but his son is in vietnam and he gets a letter saying that his son um was was gravely wounded in vietnam and uh he like runs out on the gangsters that are like his bosses and he ends up in this like carnival and the ghost of his son when he was just a boy keeps appearing and he's like apologizing to him for not being a better father and they go on rides together and like the son ends up he ends up dying somehow in the episode. Like I, I the father does. Um, and I think the son actually ends up recovering and coming back. Um, but it, you know, honestly, anybody who's a parent, it, it, is, a, it is a heartbreaking episode. Heart wrenching. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, Babylon five. Yeah. Great show. Be- mm-hmm. Beat that shit. <laughs> you can't. No, it's another one that, uh, <laughs> like firefly. That's another one. I've, I, I actually did try to watch it, um, years ago. And doesn't it start with like a movie, right? Before it gets into the show? Yeah, there's a couple of like real like made for TV movies yeah. that are based yeah. on that whole thing. Like there's, a, it's a big story. Yeah. It really is. Because I, 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 I watched whatever it starts with. Like yeah. I, I watched that. I remember liking it and being like, okay, you know, I'll, I'll get into it. And then it didn't. But it's still on you the did, list. You didn't try it again. It is <laughs> highly worth it. All the characters are great. All the actors are great. It's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. All right, well, I'll take my best shot at it here. here. Save my best for last. 
So this with Power Rangers. This is late. This barely <laughs> goes go, with go what? Power Rangers. <laughs> yeah. No, sorry, Mike, go ahead. No, I was this. Uh, this barely qualifies as '90s. It just snuck in there right at the very end of the '90s. And uh, you mentioned animated sci-fi shows. Of course, my top pick is Futurama. Oh, very oh. <laughs> starring starring Billy pick. West, Katie Segal, yeah. John DiMaggio. This is probably my favorite. Tell and I, I, I readily admit I am not a TV snob. Uh, not a person who watches a ton of TV. Futurama has easily got to be my favorite TV show of all time. It works for me on so many levels. Way and, more consistently good than The Simpsons ever was. Oh, far, for far sure. better. Sure. Um, and and it was a show that got better and better as it went on, and then it stopped at a point where it was almost achieving its best episodes, yeah. which sucked. But yeah. at the same time, it's like it didn't have you. You you know you mentioned like The Simpsons, Family Guy is another one. You know, probably South Park to some extent, although those they can still be good from time to time. But like that long, slow decay, decline, like Futurama never had that. And it came back for a few seasons at one point, and those were never as good. But it never felt like it, you know, was connected to that first series. That first series was brilliant. It was funny. Yeah. It was yeah. smart. It could literally, in certain episodes, just rip your heart out of its chest. Oh, the dog? The dog. Oh, yes, the God, dog. so heartbreaking. He's like, I guess, you know, at the end of that episode, he's like, you know, I guess, you know, I'll just have to get over him the way he get, surely got over me. Oh. And then it cuts back to this dog waiting outside the pizzeria every day, basically, for the rest of its life, getting old, and then finally, like, one day laying down and closing its eyes. Yeah. Oh, my God. The pathos in that <laughs> is, is so incredible. It is, man. It's this crushing. Is, that's the saddest, like, yeah. 30 seconds of TV ever made, ever. Yeah. It yeah. really is. It is. And, and that's probably the best example of that, but there's other ones, too. There's ones where, uh, there's another one where he, he had a brother that, like, kept stealing everything that he did, and they had this very, like... Contro- or, uh, not controversial, but like very um, heated relationship or whatever. Um, but you don't find out till the end of the episode that his brother actually like uh, named his son after Fry after Fry disappeared, and like it be it's another very emotional moment. And uh, it's just the, the show could do so much. The character of Bender uh, at one point in my life I probably would have listed as one of my heroes. <laughs> There's just so many great Bender lines. I, I, I actually say to people in my uh, home on probably a daily basis, can you kindly shut your noise hole? <laughs> I think it's just, <laughs> yeah. just a great fucking line. Slam six beers for no reason. <laughs> well, and I love what they do with that shit, too. He um, he has to drink in order to power his fuel cells. <laughs> yeah. And if he stops drinking, his batteries start going down, and he develops all the symptoms of drunkenness. Yeah. And he gets he gets uh, rust that looks like a five o'clock yeah. shadow. Yes. <laughs> it's fucking... Yep. The show is just oh, robot fucking hell. brilliant. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Robot Devil, Robot Devil. yeah, who yes. always is doing show tunes and yes. shit. Yeah. Such a great show. Yeah, it, I have seen every episode of that show like fifty times at least, and I started watching it in college, right, probably around the time it was wrapping up. Um, and they would show reruns of it on Cartoon Network, and I would just be up late watching it. And uh, to this day, like it is still a go-to late-night show for me. Yeah, I've never stopped watching Futurama. For a Great while, show. you could roll from Futurama right into Space Ghost, Coast to Coast. Yes, yes. I was going <laughs> to say that. that. Fantastic. Oh, Space oh Ghost goodness. was a bomb. I haven't seen yeah. Space Ghost in so many years, but I fucking loved that shit. Yep. Yeah, that yep. was a great show. I uh, once I saw, um, what was it? My pick, the what is it? Sequest DSV. I always forget yeah. the title now. Yeah, Sequest DSV. 
Um, I almost said Sea Lab 2021, <laughs> which is another Adult Swim property. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, they had a, they had a moment there in the late 90s. I remember just like Space Ghost. I wouldn't watch fucking Conan or uh, no. or David Letterman. I'd be watching Space Ghost. <laughs> yeah. Space Ghost was like it was. And the, he had guests on. Yes, and it was always fucking awkward as hell. Yeah. And at first you're like, what the fuck is this? But then when you get into it and you realize what's going on, you're like, this is effing. Brilliant. Yeah. And it was based on a real, like, obscure fucking animated yes. character from, like, decades ago. <laughs> from, like, the era, like, that 60s, like, weird Hanna-Barbera, like, stuff. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was when great. everybody at Hanna-Barbera was doing coke and drinking during the day. <laughs> yeah. Terrible. No, day drinking was a thing. For us. Well, yeah, you know. You know. All right. Uh, so, I obviously recommend my three shows. Gentlemen, is there anything you want to recommend before we uh, count it down here? We're at an hour. Oh, wow, man. We really... Mm-hmm. Turn it on tonight. You knocked out some serious content yeah, tonight. Get yourself some 90s fiction. Yeah. And bring back space above and beyond. <laughs> <laughs> and watch Babylon 5. Yeah, I, I mean, no, yeah, I recommend mine too. Yeah. Uh, especially, I mean, all no, all three of them. Not especially one, all three of them. They're all great. Yeah, same here. There was so much good content that, you know, if you're looking to, to fill some hours to while away yeah. the time or... You know, you just want to be antisocial away from your family for a little bit. Go ahead. Yes, Find please. Some here. Yeah. Some days. Yeah. Some days I'm sure they need these things from me. If that's and, what you want to do, Stargate SG won 10 seasons. Yeah. You got a lot there. And then Atlantis. Like, like long the seasons, too. It wasn't like eight, like a mini series, right? They're yeah, like they're fucking really... 30 episodes long. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go off the uh, scripture for a minute. But if uh, people out there in Nerd Nation really like what we did here with this, we'll do another one. Yeah. If you yeah. liked it, give us a thumbs up or send us some kind of response on some kind of way or whatever. Yeah. And, if you want another nerdgasm of some kind, we'll we'll do an '80s nerdgasm, a '2000s nerdgasm, a '90s re- nerdgasm redux, yeah. multiple nerdgasms. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. We will, all in one night. We'll, I can do it. We'll nerdgasm all over your ears. That's right. We'll just need a few minutes between each show, you know, yeah. to recover yeah. a little yeah, bit. Yeah, that's have all. a beer and a sick. It's fine. I don't smoke. I don't smoke, but I'll I just pretend. I just need a light nap. There you go, light nap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and if you want to get in touch with us, we are at Nerds of Old Republic on all the socials, and our email is nerdsofoldrepublic at gmail.com slash I love this shit. No, I'm just kidding. Just gmail. Have you checked that email lately? I do. I check oh, it every do? day. Oh, do you? Okay. It's tied to my personal phone, so whenever we, I check my email. Do we reel, get anything on that? Not from any listener, no. Oh. I mean, we get every once in a while, like, please review my book, but that's... <laughs> You know, hey, you know it. what? If you really do like what we do, because we're not charging you for it, no. send us a, hey guys, like what you do email. Just it thumbs would up. really make Adam happy. It would. Picture of Bender bending something in a smiley face. There you go. <laughs> right? Bender bending Rodriguez. We, we, we work for your smiles. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Unlike Amazon Smile, which is done. <laughs> it looks like a boner. <laughs> it really does. The Amazon boner. All right. You know what? If uh, you weren't a kiddo of the 90s, or if you didn't really like sci-fi back then you know that's okay we are gonna go back to the cyberpunk well and i am so fucking stoked for this that's right stoked i said a phrase from the 1990s stoked fuck it so uh we are gonna read um wicked wicked it's wicked cool actually the book's not from the 90s but i love cyberpunk so this is going to be uh walk away by cory doctorow Mm. You might want to get it now because it is a bigger book. It's in uh, upwards of the 400 pages. Thank you guys for reading it. Uh, one of my favorites, so I really feel like I'm on the hook here for this one. Um, kind of in the vein of Stevenson and uh, that sort of early cyberpunk. But this one was written in the uh, 2010 aughts, like hmm. 15, I believe, 14. 
Uh, and then after that, we're going to do the genre-defying Akira. We're going to do some anime, motherfuckers. Yeah, and I, I have not so seen that ready. shit, and I think it looks awesome. Yeah. From what I, I've seen. So. I am so yeah. fucking excited yeah. because it's been on my radar since I was in college, and I just don't know why I didn't get around to it. Yeah. So, Can't wait, Can't we're, wait. We're all the cyberpunk feels next, next month. Uh, get at it, nerds. Until then, we'll see you. Stay nerdy and cheers. Cheers. cheers.